Okay, the recording has started and it's 1231. Great, good afternoon, commissioner, staff, and members of the public to the meeting of the San Francisco Arts Commission's Executive Committee today, Monday, April 25th, 2022. Can I ask for the roll call, please? President Ordignana. Present. Vice President Shiota. Present. Commissioner Beltran is absent. Commissioner Collins. Present. And Commissioner Walker. And we have a quorum. Great, thank you so much. Commissioners, staff, and members of the public, once again, this meeting is held by teleconference pursuant to California Government Code Section 54953 and the 45th Supplemental to Mayoral Proclamation declaring the existence of a local emergency. During the coronavirus disease COVID-19 emergency meetings of the Executive Committee will convene remotely. Today, the Arts Commission meeting is being streamed using the WebEx platform and will allow for remote public comment. While this technology allows us to hold these meetings remotely, it may not be as seamless as we would prefer. There will be gaps and delays as staff transition the technology between speakers. Please know that we are doing the best we can and we ask for your patience in this virtual setting. Before we start, I'd like to remind us all about the policies and procedures for virtual public meetings. At this meeting, we are bound to follow the structure of our agenda and adhere to the best practices set out in the Good Government Guide. At every public meeting, there is a place for general public comment where members of the public may make comment on any items pertaining to this body. In this case, please keep your general public comments to items under the purview of the San Francisco Arts Commission. For every item on the agenda, there is also space for public comment pertaining to that item. Respectfully, we ask that you keep your public comment on topic. Last, a few virtual meeting housekeeping items, commissioners and staff, if you have not already done so, please mute your microphones to minimize background noise. When you speak, you will have to unmute yourselves. Commissioners, please raise your hand to be recognized to speak or ask a question if it is not already clear to me that you are the speaker. Also, please introduce yourself when you speak so callers on the phone know who is speaking. I will now turn it over to our commission secretary, Alyssa Ventry for public comment instruction. Thank you. Um, we currently only have staff and commissioners on the call, but I'm going to read these instructions just for the record. Um, the commission has strongly encouraged interested parties to submit their comments in writing prior to this meeting to art-info.sfgov.org. For members of the public who wish to make public comment, the phone number is 415-655-0001, access code 2498-859-6458. Numeric meeting passcode 7322425. Um, you may also make public comment using the WebEx link. When you click the WebEx link, you'll be prompted to enter the following information. First, last name and email address. These fields are required to be entered. However, if you wish to remain anonymous, you may type public in the first and last name fields and public at public.com in the email field. At the appropriate time, the chair will ask for public comment. For members of the public using the WebEx link, click the hand icon to raise your hand. This will put you in the public comment queue. Um, you'll be, you will see a window pop up on your screen to request to be unmuted. You must click the unmute button. For members of the public calling by phone, you'll be prompted to press star three. This will add you to the speaker line. When the message says you've been asked to unmute yourself, to unmute, press star six. This is your time to speak. When your microphone has been unmuted, you'll hear us ask you to state your name and make your comments. I will start your three minutes when you, when you begin speaking using a visual timer. You'll also get a 30 second audible warning. When your time is up, I'll say call your time was up and I'll put you back on mute. You'll be moved out of the speaker line and back as an attendee unless you disconnect. You will hear like your line has been muted. Participants who wish to make public comment on other public comment periods can stay on the meeting line and listen for the next public comment opportunity. You'll pause briefly before closing public comment to ensure that no remaining commenters are seeking to speak on an item. Also, we'll take real time public comment before any email public comments. And for the record, we received no emailed public comments for today's meeting. Any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can email a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it's 150 words or less to art-info.sfgov.org. Public comment instructions will also be shared as you see here on the screen. Um, and you may notice that WebEx has updated and now includes a closed captioning function. You may turn off or on those functions on the bottom left corner of your screen. And also just a note that Commissioner Beltran has joined us. So we have a full 
um, committee. So thank you, Commissioner Beltran and President Orniana. Please begin the meeting when you're ready. Great, thank you. Welcome, Commissioner Beltran. Um, Commissioners and staff, the San Francisco Arts Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramaytush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramaytush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on the traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramaytush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. As a department dedicated to promoting a diverse and equitable arts and culture environment in San Francisco, we are committed to supporting the traditional and contemporary evolution of the American Indian community. Let me go ahead and now call for agenda item number two, which is general public comment. This item is to allow members of the public to comment generally on matters within the committee's purview, as well as to suggest new agenda items for the committee's consideration. Do we have any public comment or any emails that came through? We do not have any email public comment and there are no public uh, members of the public on the call. So we have no general public comment today. Seeing no uh, public comment, let me go ahead and call for agenda item number three, the director's report. And this will be given by Director of Cultural Affairs, Ralph Remington. Thank you, President Onyana. Uh, greetings, commissioners. Uh, I'm back from a whirlwind trip to GARE, uh, the Government Alliance on, Racial and, uh, on Race and Equity in uh, Portland, Oregon, where I participated in the closing plenary discussion panel where we discussed the role of narrative arts and culture in a multiracial democracy. It's a really robust discussion. And uh, I think, uh, and we got a standing ovation at the end. So uh, it was, and I was on there with actually uh, the director of arts and culture for LA. And so it was uh, me and uh, Kristen Sakota and uh, Donald Cohen, who's a writer uh, and executive director of In the Public Interest in LA. So it was a good conversation. Um, Health and safety announcements. I wanted to start off by sharing that we have received an update from the city administrator's office that's starting today, Monday, April 25th, and you may have seen this on the news, um, masks are no longer required in hearing rooms at City Hall. Of course, those who wish to continue wearing masks in indoor settings are encouraged to do so. Uh, I'm also excited to announce a few internal staff promotions. Uh, Debbie Ng has been uh, promoted to senior program officer with community investments and began her new position today. So Debbie Ying, uh, congrats to her. And Jackie Von Tresco has also been promoted to senior program manager uh, with Public Art and will begin her new role on May 2nd. So that is Mary Chu's old role. So congrats to Jackie. Uh, and uh, so we're really excited about both of those new promotions. Uh, I'm also excited to share that we have, an ex have extended an offer to a wonderful candidate uh, for our capital ma uh, program manager position. As you know, we've been looking for this for a long time. <laughs> and uh, we finally uh, have settled with someone uh, who we're really excited about. So we're just finalizing details with HR and plan to share those details really soon. Uh, we currently also have one job posting up for a public art project manager position and we'll soon publish a job posting for a communications and partnership um, officer. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I have some updates on RFQs and some projects. Uh, we have two calls for artists active right now. Uh, one for the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission's uh, City Distribution Division at 2000 Marin Street, which had a uh, deadline of this Friday, April 29th, but will be extended to June 2022. We also have one for the 2023 Art on Market Street poster series uh, with a deadline of May 17th. Uh, we are also currently asking for public feedback about the proposed artwork for Hertz Create, uh, Recreation Center and have a um, public art proposal display at Kaufman Pool that will be up through May 1st. 
some recent events, a few things. Uh, this has been a busy month, uh, but just wanted to share some highlights from a few uh, few of those events. On April 14th, uh, SFAC's uh, staff tabled uh, at the um, Dreamkeeper Initiative Economic Power Showcase at City Hall. It was well attended by community members, program participants, including some of our DKI grantees and representatives from some of our cultural centers. Uh, April 18th marked the 116th anniversary of the 1906 earthquake and staff were present at the 5 a.m. Remembrance gathering, gathering at Lotus Fountain, our oldest monument in the civic art collection that was gifted to the city in 1875. So Komate was out there early in the morning at 5 a.m. representing. So a big shout out to Koma for being out there uh, with everybody in vintage uh, vintage costumes. <laughs> so that was cool. Uh, also on uh, April 18th, I spoke at the unveiling of a beautiful new mural by uh, artist Serge Gay Jr. entitled Never Alone at the My Tree Compassionate Care uh, Center in District 8. Uh, along with Supervisor Rafael Mandeman and Castro Community Benefit District Executive Director Andrea Aiello. And that was a really cool event. Um, the mural is beautiful and uh, we had a good time out there. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. I mean, it's gorgeous. Um, and so, and also coming up on May 3rd, some of our art vendors will participate in the spring City Hall pop-up shop at City Hall that will take place between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. I uh, have a MAC update, that's uh, Monument Memorial's Advisory Committee. Um, our next meeting will take place on Wednesday, April 27th at 2 p.m. We look forward to continuing this important work after a short pause to ensure we're on the right track. So uh, we'll be continuing and moving along. I have an MCC LA uh, update. Um, uh, the Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts, uh, the first uh, reading of the landmark designation legislation for MCCLA will be at the Board of Supervisors Land Use Committee meeting on March 9th. Um, our Deputy Director of Programs, Joanne Lee, will be present to testify on behalf of S SFAC. This will be at the same time as our full commission meeting. So um, from there, uh, it will go to the Board of Supervisors and then the mayor for signature. And finally, we have some gallery updates. Uh, our three exhibitions that were on view at the San Francisco Arts Commission Main Gallery and City Hall care in the time of uh, COVID-19 taking place and Black Magic uh, have now closed. We look forward to some amazing upcoming exhibitions that will take their place starting in May and June featuring local photography legend David Johnson and Filipino-American icon Carlos Villa. Uh, I look forward to sharing with you more details uh, about this exhibition soon. And that concludes my uh, Executive Committee Director's Report. So uh, with that, I'll take any questions anybody may have. Thank you. Thank you so much, Director Remington, and congratulations to all the staff who are being promoted. Um, it's really wonderful to see you know, the ways in which um, you and members of our senior leadership team are really investing in the professional development um, of folks on the team um, and really excited to see their new roles. And um, I agree uh, with regards to the mural outside of my tree is it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. Um, and Serge Gay is a member of the LGBTQ community who has been um, also been doing some murals around the city for a bit. Um, and so really excited that, uh, that you got to, to meet him and, and just that. Are there any questions or thoughts on the director's report? Okay, seeing none, do we have any public comment on the director's report or do we have any emails that came through? We did not receive any emails for today's um, director's report and there are no members of the public on the line. So we have no public comment for this item. Okay, seeing no public comment and no need for further discussion, let's go ahead and move into agenda item number four, which is the racial equity update. And this will be given by Sandra Panopio, our senior racial equity and policy analyst. Good afternoon, everyone. I hope you're doing well. Um, 
I'm here for my monthly, is it monthly, uh, update for you all. There are a couple of things, and Ralph already mentioned one of them, but um, I just wanted to share what we're currently working on. And um, FYI, this will also, I'll be sharing this at the next full commission meeting. So it won't be deja vu for you, or maybe it's deja vu, um, but it's a repeat of what, you'll hear the same things. Um, but there will probably be more updates by at that point. So, um, what first of all, we're we are in the process of submitting a progress report for our racial equity action plan to the Office of Racial Equity. It's due next week, um, so we're really looking at uh, what we're working on within the action plan and what our achievements were from last year and what our priorities are for the upcoming year or this current year. Um, it's almost May, so we're almost halfway through. But um, I, the one of the things that we're looking at specifically for the commission is to review the commission bylaws. Um, that's one of the things we have on the plan to really identify if there's any potential racial equity gaps in the existing bylaws. So again, this is something that all commissions are doing. They're all looking at their bylaws. So you will be the group, this executive committee is the group, um, which we will probably discuss it even more in terms of um, really looking through it. Like I have it printed out and I just have to do a first run and then I'll send any notes to Ralph and Ralph will share it with this group. And then um, we are continuing with, uh, we actually just did a recent orientation with Commissioner Akimi, um, a specific racial equity onboarding. Um, so that was that was quite successful. We learned a lot from her and um, I've done a couple so far. So uh, I'd love to share it with all y'all as well if there's anything, if you have any questions, but we just wanna make sure that every commissioner who comes on board really understands where we stand when it comes to equity. Um, and to also have a great conversation initially to see um, what, how we can work better with commissioners in the future when it comes to this. So one of the next things we have to do is work on a racial equity resolution for the agency. Um, however, we are pushing to do or want to push this process to work um, with alignment with the strategic plan. So we're hoping that um, listening sessions for our strategic plan will give us enough insight to really understand what the community, internal and external community needs around racial equity are, and that way we can shape the resolution um, accordingly. Just so to note that a number of commissions have already done this as well. So we do have examples of what racial equity resolutions look like for other departments. And then lastly, um, which Ralph already provided is the Monuments and Memorials Advisory Committee. Um, I work actively with the team on that. And since our meeting was canceled in March, um, we really, it was canceled just to explain to y'all a little bit. We wanted to take more time to really consider the sentiments and concerns that were shared in the last meeting with community members. So the next one again is uh, this week on April 27th at 2 p.m. via Zoom. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much the updates. Um, and I, I wanna provide, just offer a question. You don't have to answer it now, but um, we do want to hopefully, it may, be, it may be a discussion item in the full commission meeting, but we really would love to learn more about, again, um, as commissioners, like we would love to learn about the processes and areas where you all think we can improve again in terms for the Arts Commission and really thinking about how to dismantle like the dominant white dominant culture and white supremacy in our practices. So I always want to always uplift these elements um, so that, you know, we're it's keeping me on my toes. <laughs> so I'd love to just make sure that um, I always bring it up to y'all and I'm always open to receive any feedback and information uh, through Ralph or via email to to understand um, what we should be looking at in our work. So that concludes my report. Thank you. You know, thank you so much. Let me just try to comment and, and this may come up, you know, really again in each one of our committees, you know, how do we how do we answer what uh, Miss Pinopio just said? You know, because it's one thing you know to have that philosophy. But where is the action? And I think that the action is really what our director is doing, ensuring that we have a balanced uh, set of people who are the professionals. You know, I'm really led by that 
I'm, I have a strong presumption of administrative validity. When we've gone through the process with duly um, appointed and qualified professionals and being advised by teams and these uh, committees, um, the panels and such. So it's, you know, to me, in some ways, it's really at the root of what we do is how we evaluate what is put before us. By the time it gets to the commissioner level, it's well down the road. But, you know, in choosing staff that have a good colloquial and fair ability to converse and having panelists and the criteria for the grants, at least in community investment, Augur, I think, in favor of what you're talking about, Ms. Pinopio, but I think that it's worthy of a really deep discussion. And, and again, one of the things that I've suggested, Ralph, is it almost should be a quote, best practice for, for people on like CIC to be a panelist. Should go in and understand how the sausage is made. Because if you don't understand that, then you're constantly whittling at something that is unclear. So those are just my comments, Ms. Pinocchio. Thank you. That's a great uh, point, uh, Commissioner Collins, um, that you made there, uh, because you know even with me, and I've been here what a year and a, a few months, and uh, I'm still learning. You know, obviously, I'm still delving into our policies, our bylaws, reading that stuff, trying to get myself up to speed on that. And in that same way, commissioners, especially new ones, but even ones that have been here for a long time or been here for a while, need to like constantly kind of delve into that and then supply us with any questions that they may have so that we can answer them. But I totally agree that the best, the best way, I mean, before I even did this work uh, at all on an administrative level, I sat on panels uh, as an independent artist and as, as a cultural leader in different places. And so I sat on panels uh, at the state level, at the local level, at the federal level. And that is what taught me uh, about how this field works. But uh, it's true that even some of our commissioners don't quite know that yet. And it would be helpful if they could get on a panel and learn those things. That would be really helpful for all of us. I do think that it's like a best practice. Yes. You know, it's like, you know, I, I look at the work that, that that Kimberly does and how clear she is in her articulation of the of the responsibilities around design. You have to have chops for that. You can't in order to really be in there, you have to know what you're talking about. Qualifications matter at the staff level and at the commission level and all the way down the line. And so I think in a sense, you know, Ralph. If I could say it's hard to have a requirement, you know, but a best practice that when we recruit somebody to the commission and, you know, say to CIC that you say, you know, I hope that within your first year that you will take the time to sit on a panel and you will see the depth of work that it takes in order to bring something to the commission. Otherwise, you know, otherwise you're, you're kind of at a nice pot, you know, sort of agree with things or I think it's nice. The other is that I, I I think that we're at a point now that we could accept the invitations of our cultural centers and headquarter our, you know, some portion of our commission meetings at the cultural centers. It gives such a lift to them and a lift to us. And so uh, I think that, you know, getting back on the ground, you know, might be helpful too. Commissioner Shiota. Oh, I love that idea of, um, especially with community investments, um, because one of the first things I, I did uh, with um, Commissioner Schneer when we, because we both came in at the same time, is we toured all of the um, community centers and met with all the directors. And it really, just like being on a panel, it really does give so much insight into the process and the things that, that are in black and white on paper. You know, the other day I was explaining to somebody that, you know, in, in the CI meeting, right, what a phenomenal 
I mean, it, it seems like such a cut and dry meeting. You vote, it goes, you know, it, it passes, but that's real money going to real people and real artists and real arts organizations. And it's not a small amount of money and it's very impactful. And sometimes we get this, you know, 3000 foot view and we're, we're, we're not, in, we're not close to the real impact or, or the real people that, that are going to use these grants or that want the grants or, or see what, see the shows that are, that we're funding or the artists that we're funding. So I love that idea of maybe we can round robin and, and do the CI meetings, um, you know, on site, that would be fantastic. I think it's a great uh, idea, Chuck. Thank, thank you, Commissioner uh, Shield. I didn't mean to step on you, and Commissioner Collins. Thank you for that. Um, I I know that, and Commissioner Venture will probably have to say something about that. But um, I think the challenge might be the technology uh, issues um, and uh, to having remote committees, because as you know, it takes it has to be all sanctioned. It has to be all in the government uh, setting, conveyed through a government channel. Um, but I think. We can certainly um, look at having meetings that aren't official commission meetings at cultural centers, you know, uh, so that's a way to split the difference that we might not be able to have our official committee meetings at cultural centers, but, um, but we could definitely have meetings there and meet with the cultural center directors. You know, and so it's really interesting. This is where I get boisterous. When in the world did government bureaucracy get in the way of good government? You know, I, I would love to take this one on. If it's a burden to staff, you know, uh, of having to pick up everything and move it along, but we're actually impaired in our ability to do what is so important, which is to be on the ground. So even if, if, if it took a year for us to figure something like this out, you know, when we did the strategic planning work, we did use the, some venues that allowed us to convene the communities in various places. I remember the one in Golden Gate Park was phenomenal. So, you know, let's maybe this is another sidebar, not for this meeting here, but for you to just take under advice and, and let's maybe perhaps offline think this one through. Yeah. Yeah, I I I just want to say that I I agree all around. I think, you know, I the, the way that I got involved with the Arts Commission was through being a grant panelist first, and that just opened my eyes to all of the great work that that happens and was so invaluable for me once I stepped into community investments when I when I first was appointed. So I think, you know, to to recommend if, if we can't do in a requirement, but just to at least recommend as a best practice for folks definitely in that committee. I think that's really, I think that's really good. I think also trying to do some, you know, offsite meetings at the cultural centers or other community hubs that, you know, particularly engage our vulnerable and marginalized community members across the city and folks that we are, you know, lifting up, our artists that we're lifting up with our work, I think would be great. Um, and, you know, I really appreciate, Sandra, the work that you're doing to do this additional onboarding with new commissioners. You know, that's a new tradition for us. I think that's something that we should continue. I think, you know, I think, um, you know, Ralph uh, and I um, do and, and Alyssa do do um, onboarding with every new commissioner that starts. But I think having these additional touch points in the onboarding process is really important. And, you know, I know that um, the chairs of the committees at times do onboarding with the new commissioners um, that are being appointed to their committees as well. I think that's another best practice that we should try to make concrete, because I think that's an opportunity not only to, you know, talk a little bit about the priorities of the committee and how the committees work, but then also have a discussion around, you know, a racial equity lens as it applies to each one of those different committees. So I, I'd make that recommendation as well. Also, I would like to say one, one more thing, uh, President Oriana um, and commissioners, that if we could, if you all throughout the year, and I'll say this also at the full commission, uh, just give us um, funnel names to Alyssa of people that you think might be good candidates for the Arts Commission. So that when Tyra comes up and asks us, uh, you know, who 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 would you like on the commission? Then we have some names readily available for them. 
I also have a survey form kind of thing that goes along that same vein. I can resend it to all the commissioners too, just to refresh that list. I think that's wonderful. I think that's great. If, if you could resend that out, that would be awesome. And, and I think secretary of Andrew, if you, if you just want to kind of pick sometimes throughout the year that you want to send that reminder out to the commissioners, I think that's a great best practice as well. Um, you know, I just think that gets us, um, in line with Ray thinking about names and thinking about and making sure that we send them in to y'all. Yeah, and as a as a um, follow up to um, what Director Remington was saying, I I um, current I um, went over to Civic Design Review and I had an onboarding with um, the chair uh, Kimberly Stryker, and it was really helpful. And um, the staff uh, sent me CDR kind of guidelines and practices and I got to read through that and then I spent time with Commissioner Stryker on the phone and she you know talked me through kind of their their meetings and what they review and what they don't review and and um, the base guidelines was very helpful so that is a great um, much appreciated uh, thing to for new commissioners on on new commit on working committees. Great. Great. Well, um, let me see if there's any public comment then on this item or if any emails came through. We have no emails for this item and we still have no members of the public on the call. So we have no public comment on item four. All right, any further discussion then from the commissioners on this item? Seeing none then, let's go ahead and move into item number five, which is the cultural center allocations. Um, and if you could just give me one second, please. And this will be presented by our deputy director of programs, Joanne Lee. Good afternoon, commissioners. Uh, we usually bring the operating grant agreements for the cultural centers to the community investments committee, but this year we're doing, we're making some changes in their grant agreements. And so we were, um, so they weren't ready for the CI committee last week. Uh, they're being presented to you today and hopefully will be forwarded to full commission next month in order to keep to the regular schedule for approval. So in an effort to increase financial stability, reduce administrative burdens, and really demonstrate the trust and confidence that we have in the cultural centers, we're entering into multi-year grant agreements. Um, before this, they were always annual grant agreements. And uh, so last year, we entered into a five-year leases with the four cultural centers. And so these new operating grants will be four years um, to align with the leases. So the cultural centers are receiving a 10% increase over the fiscal year 22 grant amounts uh, for their fiscal three grant amount. The not to exceed amount in each of the following motions for each of the cultural centers are the totals for the four years, assuming 10% annual increases, uh, plus a 15% contingency factor if there are any additional funds. The, uh, the cultural centers that have subgrantees or virtual cultural centers, um, those amounts are included in those motions. Um, happy to take any questions, otherwise the motions, each of them um, are voted on separately um, those are before you. Great. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Shioda. Thank you, Deputy Director Lee. Um, yeah, my question is um, in terms of committing for four years, um, but the budgets haven't been solidified yet um, for future years. So is that 15% or like the 10% the annual increase is um, budget allowing, correct? And yes. the 15% is um, whether it's like if it's if it's a if it's a a plus situation where there's extra funds or allocations uh, available. That is correct. Um, so the motions say not to exceed. So mm -hmm. 
it could end up, hopefully not, but it could end up being less than that depending on the budget. Um, the Cultural Center Endowment is funded through the Prop E Hotel Tax Fund. Um, and so we are, uh, we are very hopeful that the mayor will continue to backfill um, the amount since the hotel tax has not been coming in, you know, as predicted pre-pandemic. Thank you so much. Um, fantastic. Then let me go ahead and um, read the first uh, consideration. President um, Ordinana, you have a few other hands up. Oh, so sorry about that. Couldn't see them. Who uh, was up first? Commissioner Walker and then Commissioner Collins, please. Thank you for the presentation. And um, I really feel like these are the kind of things that deal with what we were talking about in the previous item of our racial equity. And I really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really appreciative that. That we are doing significant things to sort of stabilize these organizations in the future. I mean, this is how we do it is really. You know, re listen to the, the folks and we have. Who've, you know, sort of struggled with having to go through this yearly or bought and then twice a, you know, two year thing. This is significant. So they they can sort of plan out the future. Um, and in many cases, in combination to some um, seismic, you know, some maintenance monies that are going to be available for, for providing structural support. So um, I think this is the primary way that we can really implement racial equity is to do more of this with you know the cultural centers but also with our uh, the other grantees out there if we can do more multiple year um commitments i think that's helpful and maybe we should talk about it but um and again i know that it depends on money coming in so if we don't um if we have to sort of adjust we will but I think that by by solidifying and supporting these organizations out in the neighborhoods, it's going to um, sort of address what we came up with when we tried to respond quickly to COVID to distribute grants at that point. We we were nervous about having the somebody having the sort of heft as an organization to be able to do that. And this deals with that. This sort of helps um, remedy that. So thank you. Uh, Deputy Director Lee and, and Director Remington and staff for doing this. I think it's a it's a huge response. So thank you. Commissioner Collins. Um, I, I'm just gonna double down on what Commissioner Walker said. You know, the amount of administrative time that is used up on all sides of the of the yearly churn, you've just started a year and you have to reapply and multi-year grants are so much more equitable. And I, and I want to use that term because you're taking the administrative burden and you're placing it somewhere else. Now, what, what we know is that it's been a long haul, you know, for my years, you know, and the relationships that we have with our cultural centers are, are at a, extraordinarily high level. And we saw that in their reports following um, this year of the pandemic, the amount of community engagement, support, confidence, a safe place, listening to Jenny Rodriguez talking about the mission and why that was so important. It wasn't that it was producing necessarily the arts mission, but it was the community glue. And we see that all over the place now. So. Uh, Deputy Director Lee and all staff, um, Director Remington, I want to thank you because this is a hallmark of something that will, uh, at the core of it, really strengthen, which means that we have to make sure that we have all the staff support and all that other kind of stuff because of the compliance issues, which I know will go on. But the predictability of that uh, is really immeasurable. So thank you very much. Can I just add one thing? And that is that it would be great to continue to hear from them every year about how it's going. Um, and, and, you know, as things play out, I mean, obviously we can, we can, we know that you never know what's going to happen. So 
Um, I just want to have us be responsive to sort of where they're at. We do have an annual report. Um, and okay, I just want to make sure, even though yeah, we're doing a for your thing. In fact, Commissioner Walker, to your point, um, in years past, we crushed them all in one meeting. And this year, we separated them into two cohorts to really, like, that was the agenda. Uh, really listening and focusing and honoring, you know, the communication. So I'm sure that we'll hear from uh, the director and uh, and Denise about how that will go in future years. But the intent was for them to be heard. Very Great. much so. Thank you. Alrighty. So, do we have a motion to authorize the director of cultural? Ordinana, we have one more hand up. <laughs> oh, sorry. Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> My hand. Okay. I I um I just wanted to say thank you all for acknowledging that. I want to thank uh, Deputy Director uh, Joanne Lee and her staff. Uh, this is a direct response uh, when I first came in. Uh, to this job uh, and I met with the cultural centers, it was the first thing that they asked me. And um, and so we went about the business of trying to make that happen. And uh, Director, Deputy Director Joanne Lee and her staff now, including uh, Director Denise Pate and, um, and all of her staff uh, jumped all over this and they made it happen. So definitely wanna thank you all for acknowledging that and also thank the staff for the work that went into to making this happen because it's a direct, we were directly responsive to uh, the cultural center's request. All right, do we have any other hands up? Very good. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> great. Well, uh, do we have a motion to authorize the director of cultural affairs to enter into sole source lease and operating grant agreements with the African-American Art and Culture Complex, the Bayview Opera House Incorporated, Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts and Soma Arts for four fiscal years, 2022 to 2023, are below along with the expected total grant amount through 26, which includes 10% increases per year and a 15% cap on the total grant amount and to authorize the director of cultural affairs to determine the subsequent grant amounts for the remaining three years. So, so moved. Seconded Walker. Great. Do we have any public comment on this motion? We did not receive any emails and we still have no members of the public on the line. So we have no public comment on this item. Okay, seeing no public comment, is there any other discussion from the commissioners on this item? Seeing no public comment and no discussion necessary, let me ask for a roll call vote. All those in favor, please say aye, and those opposed, please say nay. President Ordignana? Aye. Vice President Shiota? Aye. Commissioner Beltran, I believe, just left. She was on. I saw her. Yeah, she's she let me know that she had to leave early. Okay. Um, Commissioner Collins? Aye. And Commissioner Walker. Aye. And motion passes unanimously. Great, thank you. So um the next item up for consideration, um, I actually have a potential conflict, financial conflict of interest with, and that is because it um ties to uh, the Queer Cultural Center, which at times rents space from my employer, the SFLGBT Center. So I'm gonna go ahead and ask for my withdrawal and recusal from this item. And I'm going to ask Vice President Shiota um, to lead the meeting during my stepping out. So I'm gonna go ahead and step out now. All right. Um, let me know when it's okay to proceed, Secretary Ventry. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Um, so this is a discussion and a possible motion for sub item two, which is a motion to approve the Cultural Center fiscal year 
2022 and 2023 grant amount not to exceed $698,745 to the African American Art and Culture Complex and the subgrantee Queer Cultural Center for the amount not to exceed $136,255 and to authorize the Director of Cultural Affairs to enter into a total grant agreement amount not to exceed $4,456,521 for the fiscal year 2022 through 2026. Uh, do I have a motion? So moved. Walker. Collins. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, do I have any questions or discussion or comments from the commissioners? Um, I do not see any hands. Um, is there any public comment on item five, sub item two? We did not receive any email public comment and we have no members of the public on the line. So we have no uh, public comment for item five, sub item two. Thank you, Secretary Ventry. Uh, can I get um, a roll call vote, please? President Ordignana has recused himself, uh, Vice President Shiota. Aye. Commissioner Beltran has left the meeting. Commissioner Collins. Aye. And Commissioner Walker. Aye. And the motion carries unanimously. I will let um, President Orniana know that he can come back in. Um, do you want to take sub item three? Also? Um, no, we'll, yeah, no, we'll wait for uh, President Orniana if okay. that works for you. Sure. He said he's on his way. Here he is. Okay, we're back. Great. Um, so I'll hand the meeting back to President Orniana. Thank Great. you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Yep. Great. And just to confirm, we should be on sub item three now, right? Great, thank you. So do we have a motion to approve the Cultural Center fiscal year 22-23 grant amount not to exceed $427,297 to the Bayview Opera House and to authorize the Director of Cultural Affairs to enter into a total grant agreement amount not to exceed $2,280,549 for fiscal years 22 through 26? So moved. Second, Chiota. Right. Do we have any public comment on this motion or any emails that came through? We did not receive any emails and we have no members of the public on the call, so we have no public comment for this item. Okay. Do we have any further discussion from the commission on this item? Seeing no public comment and no further discussion needed, let me ask for a roll call vote. Please, all those in favor say aye and all those opposed say nay. President Ordignana? Aye. Vice President Chiota? Aye. Commissioner Beltran has left the meeting. Commissioner Collins? Aye. And Commissioner Walker? Aye. And the motion carries unanimously. Great, thank you. So let's take sub item four now. Do we have a motion to approve the Cultural Center fiscal year 22-23 grants amount not to exceed $690,149? to Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts and to authorize the Director of Cultural Affairs to enter into a total grants agreement amount not to exceed $3,683,428 for fiscal years 22 through 26. So move, Shiota. Second. Second, Walker. Great. Do we have any public comment on this item or any emails that came through? We did not receive any emails and we have no members of the public on the call, so we have no public comment for this item. Okay, do we have any further discussion on this item? Okay, seeing none, let me ask for a roll call vote. All those in favor, please say aye. All those opposed, please say nay. President Ordignano? Aye. Vice President Shiota? Aye. Commissioner Beltran has left the meeting. Commissioner Collins? Aye. And Commissioner Walker. Aye. 
And the motion carries unanimously. Great, thank you. Next sub item is sub item five, discussion and possible action to approve the cultural Cultural Center fiscal year 22-23 grant amount not to exceed 786,202 to SOMA Arts and to subgrantee Asian Pacific Islander Cultural Center for a grant amount not to exceed 136,255 and to authorize the Director of Cultural Affairs to enter into a total grant agreement not to exceed $4,923,290 for fiscal years 22 through 26. So moved, Second Walker. Great, do we have any public comment or any emails that came in um, before this item? We did not receive any emails for this item and we do not have any members of the public on the call. So we have no um, public comment for this item. Okay, do we have any further discussion from the commissioners on this item? Seeing no public comment or discussion necessary, let's, uh, let me ask for a roll call vote. All those in favor, please say aye. All those opposed, please say nay. President Ordignana. Aye. Vice President Shiota. Aye. Commissioner Beltran has left the meeting. Commissioner Collins. Aye. And Commissioner Walker. Aye. And the motion carries unanimously. Great, thank you. Let's go ahead and take agenda item number six now, which is new business and announcements. Do we have any new business or announcements? Uh, there was something coming up um, that I got a, an invitation to on Friday that uh, looks extremely um, inviting um, and it is at SOMARTS. It's the um, APICC's 25th annual Asian festival. Uh, I, I'm gonna be there. I'm excited about it and I'm just wanting, hopeful that um, others will, will join. It's from five until nine at SOMARTS. Great, thank you. Any other new business or announcements? I'll be there, just FYI. And I'll be speaking, actually. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Um, do we have any public comment on new business and announcements? We have no email public comment, and there's no members of the public on the call, so we have no public comment on this item. Okay, seeing none, um, let me go ahead and move into the next agenda item, um, which is adjournment, and this meeting is adjourned. Thank you so much, everyone. And